Welcome to Wizard Team, a Black magical podcast for Black magical stories. Hi, everyone. It's Brianna, Robin, and Portia embarking on a journey through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. First up, we're reading Amari and the Night Brothers by B.B. Alston. So excited. Um, today, we're discussing yeah. chapter one. Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay. I'm really excited. I'm to do it myself. <laughs> we're back. It's so funny because I, um, I've been looking for something completely different. Like, uh, you know, obviously this isn't really a tangent, but sort of, um, I had been looking for something different on our YouTube page. Um, for like, I was trying to update my website, which I've not finished yet, but I was working on it. So I was looking for something. And then I ended up randomly clicking on our like retirement episode and I like watched like the first half of it. Um, And so it was like so interesting to watch like, it was like maybe like a year and a half ago, um, how like kind of ready we were to be done. And now like a year and a half later, we're like, yes, we're back. This is great. (laughs) I mean, when we were talking about it too, because like I was like, I am done with that whole like being so closely tied to that fandom and talking about that woman and all of this stuff. Um, but I missed one. So y'all know I got ADHD. I missed the, like having something like to, to do and look forward to. Um, and just like, I've moved <laughs> um, unexpectedly, but like, I used to just, like, have this, like, set time where I could, like, talk to Bayana and talk to my friends and talk to, you know what I mean? And, like, about nerdy stuff. And, like, so it was, like, that that I, I really missed Wizard Team. I don't miss that boy or that fandom or anything like that, but I missed Wizard Team and I missed yeah. doing this. And we, at the same time, like, we're reading such great books. Aminata is, like, right in that sweet spot of, like, fantasy YA where, like, we were talking Middle about Middle grade, like, not jealous. YA. Middle grade, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about like how jealous we were of like just like the the books that she's reading and how excited she was about them. Um, and you know, Portia with the plot thickens is always reading like really great fantasy stories. And so it's just like, why not? Like, let's let's do it. And so I am like, yeah, it's the it's the best of both worlds. <laughs> whatever like we get to we get to read and talk and nerd out and it's not about we don't have to think about all of that stuff and it's such blackness yeah i mean y'all know that like wizard team is the whole reason why i even got into nerd podcasting world and like nerd communities like y'all were my first nerd community and like my like my home nerd space really this is like coming home and like being welcomed into like a thing that that was like initially just me being like on the sidelines like tweeting at y'all about um and it's so fun to see like the growth and projection from there and now we're centering like a lot of black works and i'm so glad that amari is the first black work that we get to uh, centerpiece here because it was like when i first read this book i i realized it was special like i just knew Mm -hmm. That it was special and I, I remember sending out pictures in the slack chat of like the chapter like um illustrations and like yeah how that kind of like just like how the world was like just already setting you up to like really just like find like the magic of it all 
and I'm, I uh, picked up my co- like I have several copies of Amari so like I just love this book so much um, and this copy has a blurb from Nick Stone that says as a former black girl misfit who wanted nothing more in the world than to be magical this book is a song to my soul Amari is the heroine we all need and that just kind of like felt made me feel like all the feels like all the things I felt when I found the wizard team and then all the things that as you are seeing like that um black kids black girls can see now in the like middle grade space with mm-hmm. all these different representations of like magical black girls going on magical adventures with other kids and how that was not available when I was reading middle grade or like of that age and now that it is I'm like I can't wait to like share it all and like engage with discussion with y'all and everyone else about it yeah I was so mad when I finished Amari the I Brothers the first time because I was like, how in the world did this book come out? And I was like, what, 27? <laughs> it came out right around my 27th birthday. I was like, I am too old. What is wrong with this? It came out like 20 years ago. What the heck? I was so mad. <laughs> like, But also really happy about it and like super um, jealous of Ami, even though like I bought her book and buy the majority of her books. Um I was just like, dang, you don't even know how good you have it right now. Like, <laughs> we were in a drought. <laughs> um, so, but I was like, so excited to read it. Yeah, and we were like, in a famine. there was nothing. There was, was nothing. Nothing. There was it nothing. was just like, it, wasn't even a drought. it was a desert. It was, it a was just, it was waste. It was nothing. And so, like, I'm there so was excited. No hope for rain. Man. Um, <laughs> I remember. So Ami read this book before I did. And like, I also love that like when we started with her team, Ami was just like this babe, like baby. Mm-hmm. And now we're like talking about like her journey with this book as well. Um, and I was living with y'all and she ran in the room and was just yelling nonsense. She wasn't done, but she was about like two she chapters was- from being done. And she was just, and Amari, and then, and then, and then, and then, and I was like, I don't know what you say, I don't know who you talk about, but I love this for you, and I'm sad for, like, what is that, that She was in like, like oh, I love, I, I'm I happy for you, and I'm sad. I'm sorry <laughs> that, that happened. That happened. <laughs> that happened. Yeah. No, she like I remember that day it was so funny. And like honestly, she had a similar interact like reaction with another book like a couple days ago from at time from time of recording where she just finished and she was just like, "Oh my god," like freaking out. And I like can't help it like knowing that feeling. I'm like, you know, it's not like I don't get that feeling as an adult too, but like as a kid it just feels so much more, I remember. And yeah. so like I can't help but laugh. And like in a like loving way, not like I'm laughing at her, but of just like the situation. I'm like, no, I've definitely been there and this is hilarious to see you like from the outside. Um but she I remember when that happened because I hadn't read the book and I had been planning to read it like right after she finished. Um and so I was like because is that why you said also, me? Yes, because I was like, Robin won't remember. Whatever it is, Robin's not gonna remember. <laughs> especially because i was like you don't know when you're gonna read the book yet i was like i know that it's like either the next book on my list or like the one after you know like it's coming up so i was like i'm gonna remember what that is um and so i was like i don't want you to tell me about it yeah Yeah, i was like do not tell me because i'm not gonna forget and so um but i like i saw it but i remember she was like freaking out 
Um, she was like she had she like she she like had at one point she was reading and she had a blanket like over her head and she's like oh my god at some point she definitely like shed tears and I was just like this is hilarious like in a but in like a great way like I was just like I really love this for you um and like so I just love when that happens there's like a couple other series that we hope to get to at some point where like she had similar reactions and like a lot of times it's because like I buy her books, but like, I'm really buying them for me. I'm just like, you know, you're of the appropriate age range. So technically they should probably be yours, but I will be. You should be the best judge of this actually resounds. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like, we get both. And like, sometimes I read them before her. So like I read, I read the second Amari before her on purpose. Um, I think I read like the Marvelers. Yeah, I think I read like maybe the Marvelers by Danielle Clayton before her on purpose. Cause I was like, I, she was mad, but I was like, dude, if we want to have a conversation about it, you're going to want to talk about it when you finish. Let me read it first so I can actually have a conversation. Otherwise, you can't talk to me. Like, I'm sorry. No, go away. So, um, yeah, but I'm excited to like- Rob no longer here for you to yell at. <laughs> exactly, unless you want to like call her, but like, that's it. So, um, I'm, yeah, I'm very excited about this. I'm excited for this world. It's like, it's so much fun and it's like, has such great like, just commentary and like really dope magic and so yeah i also love so before we like really get into it this is you know spoiler free but there's just such whimsy in this book that mm-hmm. um like you we it this book touches on like really real stuff and um like we're gonna see in this first chapter like he doesn't shy away from like reality. And again, it's an urban fantasy, right? So it exists in our world. And then there's an underlying fantastical world hidden underneath. But when you get into that fantasy world, there are like, while he's still talking about like real things and like, you know, darker, there's just, there is just like ridiculous whimsy that like Mm -hmm. I hadn't been so excited about in a really long time and hadn't like read something that um like really hit that sweet spot for me and kind of like you too I'm I'm not 27 I ain't been 27 but uh I was like dang like this would have ruined me as a as a kid like yeah I would have just been Y'all, I mean, I was a very I mean, annoying Harry Potter fan. Very annoying. Like, and 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 alone, we talked about this, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it was just like, someone asked the right question and I was going off. If I had this book, whoo, y'all couldn't, whoo. And like, I, I have no um, friends. <laughs> I had like thought when I finished reading the book the first time, I it's kind of like, so we ended like, the first iteration of Wizard Team with the time room. But in my head, I immediately went into the space like, what if I had read Amari and the Night Brothers as an eight-year-old? And I was like, Harry Potter wouldn't, like, to be honest, and not even to knock, like, what it did for me at the time of my life that it did that yeah. it did those things for me, right? Like, but I would not have been into it as much. I just know I wouldn't mm-hmm. have. Because it not, no. and, like, I wouldn't have, I don't even think I would have compared them. I think I, and I probably maybe would have even still read them all, but like this, I would have just been like completely like, nah, this girl looks like me. This girl like does all this really cool stuff. And is like, you know what I mean? It would just been, I would have been able to relate a lot closer and it 
Yeah, it would have been done. I'm like, I, I was like, would Wizard Team even exist at that point? Or like, what I'm doing? Just my brain went into a whole thing. Like, yo, this is like a different name for it. It'd be like, yeah, it'd be different. But it would have been Amari. It'd have been Amari, like because I also or something like it. Yeah, yeah. I also just was like, this. What Amari goes through, and like, well, you know, let's get into it soon because I'm excited. (laughs) But like. Uh, was so close to my like existence growing up. Mm. Um, not super close, actually, but close. And being feeling that like outsider, feeling that like you know, um, <laughs> Amari is not a social butterfly but like has people in her family that are very adept at like social Mm. like settings and stuff and man the older brother like (laughs) bam like come on you know know what I mean I know I know you know what I mean and like it yeah it it would have it would have changed the game. It just turned the yeah, whole life upside down. <laughs> I think I would have essentially still been very similar to who I am now. Sure, um, yeah. But I think that like that journey of acceptance and stuff, like I loved I loved Harry Potter for what it did for me at that time. But the love that I had for it, it it didn't you know, we talk about this, like as people of color, as kids of color, like you put yourself or you see yourself in stories where you're not actually represented. So you have to kind of like mold it to fit, you know what I mean? And then there's also a lot of like, what, 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 what does the fandom of, you know, um, of Amari, what will that look like? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause even in, in joining the Harry Potter fandom, we talked, it took us so long to even like wade into there and then we waded into there and very quickly waded our asses back out. Like, you know what I mean? So just like, I, I think of that like self-acceptance that like I would have felt very similar, but I wouldn't have felt so like, I, I don't think that like my love of this book would have made me feel markedly other. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. If I feel like there would have been a lot more black kids who I would have been like, oh, you like Amari? You know what I mean? And not felt like, you know, you all know what it was like when you see a black Potterhead. Yeah. It's like well, we, went, we went through wild. the dirt together. <laughs> Came out the mud. <laughs> Came out the mud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Very excited. This Super. is going to be so much fun. Yeah. Also, sorry, just so y'all know. This is going to be really different, too, because I have to actually read the, the chapters. <laughs> It'll be yeah. like the first book of with Harry Potter's Wizard Team, where now it's like, yeah, I'm taking my notes and everything. And very quickly, y'all know I just showed up. I just was like, I'm here. <laughs> I'll, I'll read Bayana's notes as we go through, if that. If that. So, <laughs> this will also... I'm, look at me. I have to do homework, y'all. We're really, we're really, we're really back. We're out here. Um, do we want to read the like, just the what's it called summary on the book jacket? Oh yeah, the summary for just uh for those who are uninitiated with what is a Mario Knight brother? Yeah, and probably hasn't really. Yeah, like, yeah. I 
I can yeah. if you want me to. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The short version on the back of this version of the book. Just so you know, I have the, uh, what is this? Waterstones, uh, oh. paperback version of Amari mm-hmm. and my brothers. Oh, paperback. Blue edges and uh, metallic magical. Nice. Oh, is that still available? Um, that's the one yeah. I'm really reading from. Yeah, Ami, I got, Ami has the, she has the hardback version of that one. But yeah. she has three of Amari and she has three of Amari and the Knight Brothers. Yeah, she has three of the Knight of Knight Brothers and then two of the Great Game. Because I got her like, she has an extra copy of Amari and the Knight Brothers because after we did the, huh, this is actually kind of funny, but after we did the retirement episode and she had come on and had like told everyone like her favorite books and Amari was like the first one. And so BB Austin saw that and then like sent her like a signed copy. And so she has like three of that copy. And she was like, when I was like, oh, I need to buy Amari for Wizard Team. She was like, you could just use one of mine. I was like, no, those are yours. Like, <laughs> keep yours over there. I'm going to get my own copy because well, I want to. Shout out to Vivi also because I'm <laughs> getting the copy that he sent office. me. Because um, yeah. he was doing this really great thing where he would buy a book and send you a signed copy of Amari and another book of your choice. Mm. And he chose me. So that's hey. the one I'm reading. But I definitely have another one somewhere but like i said y'all i moved and i don't know i don't know where something well, if but, we find it if we find it um, here i mean I, if i had known that i would actually <laughs> probably looked before i bought another copy but i'm cool you can take take my money it's fine yeah, it's truly fine. not upset about it but now i know for sure i'm getting this uh waterstones copy I, yeah I'll it's super pretty back. yeah okay. i got i'm like so i gotta talk to my brother because i brought um one of my nieces a copy of the first book um and sent it to them and they were really enjoying it so i have to see if they finish that one and i'll send them the copy of the second one too so Mm -hmm. i'm just like excited i'm like yay more copies of amari in the world let's do it um okay summary summary? love love tangents we just went straight into it yeah i love that we're back i'm like if there's other versions on other book copies sure this is the one i've got yeah um so, Amari Peters knows three things. Her brother Quentin has gone missing. No one will talk about it. And his mysterious job holds a clue. But then a strange invitation arrives. Amari has the chance to join the Magical Bureau of Supernatural Affairs, completing missions in a world where mermaids, aliens, and magicians are real. And her roommate is a were-dragon. Secrets and surprises await Amari as she discovers her own rare and dangerous magical power. And soon, she realizes that the bureau could hold the key to finding her brother. All she has to do is pass three tryouts. Let's do it. I'm so excited. So excited. Also, the were-dragon, y'all, by honest face. She's already read this book. She's read it before. And you know what's wild? Dragon and she I had, was like, I had forgotten that when between reading book one and two, and when they said it again, I was like, "Yes, let's do this." <laughs> uh, love it here. Okay, cool.
Wizard Team is brought to you by Black Nerds Create, a collective providing content through the lens of critical and creative fandom. If you want to support or partner with BNC on projects like Wizard Team, let's build. Find out how at blacknerdscreate.com support. So yeah, let's get into chapter one. Um, As a reminder, we're going chapter by chapter. We will be on this book for quite some time. Um, But I'm excited because it means we get to like really dive in. Um, Make sure y'all go buy a book and read it with us. Yeah, please. Like, let us know your thoughts. Like, I know, you know, if you've never read it before, I like kind of doubt you'll be able to just read it chapter by chapter. So if you get ahead of us and then come back, that's cool too. That's that's acceptable. Um, in fact, I understand. Um, <laughs> it's expected. It's ex- yeah, like do what you got to do. The pacing is great. Like, it's yeah, consistent about me. It's I'm a girl who loves either fast or like almost fast pacing, and this book is so easy to just keep flipping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, because I am who I am, I highly recommend the audiobook too. If you're that's into, if that's something you're into, because that's how I read it the first time. I listened to it and. Um, it was really funny, like, cracking open the book, because I got the book, and I still listened to it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the audiobook I can highly recommend as well. Okay. Awesome. All right, so let's do this. So we first meet Amari um, in the principal's office, um, and we kind of find out she's gotten into some trouble with another, like, classmate. Um, she, like, pushed her or something. Um and Ugh. child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So you immediately Ugh. It's really it's really frustrating. But I thought what was like um kind of before we get into Emily, like I thought it was interesting the way that like there's this contrast between her sitting in the principal's office very obviously in trouble, and then like there's this um framed picture of her brother um behind the principal of like him with all his like medals and like accolades and so it was like an interesting way to kind of contrast like here her she's like robin had mentioned um before like she's trying to live up to um these like expectations that her older brother set um and is clearly struggling to do that and we haven't figured out why yet but like you get that kind of right away that there's like this contrast here and that people are going to compare her to her brother. Um, yeah. And as you get more into the chapter, you also like see kind of like, there's some thoughts behind, I guess, like I had thoughts behind why it is that her brother is used as the example so much, uh, mm-hmm. given like how they kind of talk about their background as like scholarship kids or whatever mm-hmm. um so that was one of the things i thought about is in its comparison contrast too is like Ooh, we have we we had this shiny example kid that we needed from this environment now we can have another example kid from this environment mm-hmm. yeah poster boy for diversity for sure um and and like you know kind of the savior complex of like look at what you know we have allowed them to accomplish type of mm-hmm. thing Mm-hmm. Um, at the like with the expectation that like you're only allowed to do this if you are 
without fault and able to withstand. Like, I think one of the things, too, um, just so when we open, it says, um, and this is from Amari's perspective. Um, she says, I'm sitting in the principal's office again. <laughs> um, and uh, she goes, with all of those wild hand gestures, because the, the person who she got into the altercation with mom is talking to the principal. You think I did a lot more than give her stuck up little Miss Princess daughter a tiny shove. Um, Emily got up in my face, not the other way around. And that, like, to me was, like, really, like, Amari is defending herself from her perspective, right? We, mm -hmm. We've got the whole thing, but this is from her perspective. She's defending herself and is, like, automatically we open with her feeling defensive and, like, she's being treated unfairly when she didn't start it. Mm -hmm. right? She didn't start the problem. And so... Yeah. Um, and then we, like, learn, too, like, pretty quickly, even, like, when she's talking, like, when they actually come mm -hmm. in and her mom comes in, um, that she's being bullied by this girl. Like, it's not yeah. like she's been... It's not like she's the perpetrator. Like, she's legit. And everyone acknowledges and that that is the case. They know that. They know that she's right? being bullied. Right. And so, like... And and that she's and it being bullied because they don't think that she belongs in this school. They don't want her to be yeah. here because she she's um, a charity case, right? She's she does not live in the same areas as them. She does not she does not come from money, and so and honestly, she's black because that's mm -hmm. definitely a, a dynamic mean. happening here. <laughs> um, and so it's like really interesting to see how. Emily, but then also her mom are like this, are just like going at her, right? And it's like, she the thing that made, first of all the thing that made her push this girl is because her girl, this girl is teasing her, right? Like her brother has gone missing, um, and her this girl is teasing her saying like oh yeah, Quentin's dead. Like, and that's not just, even teasing to be honest. That's like, straight you know, up like never is saying, talking about someone's family member having passed away even if you don't even have evidence for that being the case is that like a light tease or never just that you would just, yeah. just come out of your mouth like no and if if her brother was dead it would be completely inappropriate no. mm -hmm. you know what i mean and this is one of the things that we think about and i was thinking about this um i mean there's like so many different examples of this but i, I think we had talked about it too like physical violence as a tool of white supremacy. Because mm -hmm. if you think about how white, like how past aggression, well, how we got to even be in a white supremacist society was through right. unspeakable acts of violence, like mm -hmm. physical violence, mm -hmm. actual like violence, imperialism to the point where people like like basically genocide, Gen genocide, genocide, yes. yeah, multiple multiple blacks, yeah, um, acts of genocide, right, mm -hmm. throughout the world. And yet the same structure is then the structure that tells us what is civilized, mm -hmm. what is violence, and what is like acceptable violence, right? So mm -hmm. like after they have they have physically murdered. Murdered and gained this position of power, they then feel comfortable saying that that kind of violence is beyond the pale and unacceptable. Mm -hmm. When the vast majority of the times that violence is provoked 
by other types of violence, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is emotional violence. This is mental violence. Um, like words are still also not just Emily. There's because mm-hmm. and Emily's also allowed in this principal's office to be surrounded by her friends. Amari is alone. Mm-hmm. Emily has this support system and this group mm-hmm. of people that she has. She only gets to have her mother who was harried and like like trying to coming from work and yeah. Um, but Emily is definitely the ringleader and is the one that is like kind of leading the charge against her, but it's not one-to-one. It's mm-hmm. not Amari versus Emily. It's Amari versus Emily and mm-hmm. this entire group of people that at a certain point, um, this there's like what it seems like is a group of instigators and like antagonists. And then the rest of the school, which is just like sitting by doing nothing and no mm-hmm. one's defending her, which, so it's basically her against the school, right? right. So even and then if you're she, not- she pushes one little girl who- like is the main girl is the main girl but pushes her and then everybody is like nah get her out of here like immediately and and they they have she is emily has been talked to before about how she speaks to amari we're at and and how she she's like literally was harassing her on social media as well on social media right why was why was emily not on a zero tolerance policy Mm -hmm. after that like if you get into an altercation with Amari again that's it right so it's very interesting because you think about um the over disciplining of black children in school Mm -hmm. and that I this isn't quite school to prison pipeline but it is the beginning stages of that right like this this girl can enact psychological emotional violence against Amari but the act of shoving um I don't know why I keep going back to like the Will Smith slap in my head where it's like she ain't even she ain't even really get down right like they didn't fight a lot of school fights are fights because it's like if I'm gonna get taken out I'm getting taken out I'm, for I'm getting mine the utmost damage possible right. Mm-hmm. This is not gonna get me out for a shove. I will, right. will take me out for nearly killing someone. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> this is the this is the um uh Denzel Washington. I'm leaving here with something. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm gonna get expelled, I'm leaving here with something. Right. And you In can this see, case, you can kind of feel Amari be like having that, and maybe this is just my read on it, but you kind of get her like this I only shove little Miss Princess. Like, why are we even here? Like right. I didn't, I didn't even like go as hard as I could go. Wait, but mm-hmm. I might want to save these points till we get a little bit further in a chapter. But I really do want to make a point about uh, whiteness and passive aggression and yes. the role of middle managers slash the principal in this case of how the story. So we'll talk more about the principal, I guess, when we get further into the chapter. But the passive aggression, honestly is like that hostability part where it's like um they know the rules they know the guidelines and policies that they have driven with this whole zero tolerance bs and they know how to maneuver around it so they the system that they put in place then is passive aggression where it's like we're going to be passively aggressive to you and in in hopes of either just damaging you psychologically so that you don't uh rise up 
Or if you do, you rise up in a way that makes me no longer have to uh, be in the same room with you and I can still be the victim in the case. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. will I will be the winner no matter what happens because I did what I needed to do to make sure you're the one who looks like the perpetrator and I'm still the victim no matter what happens. And we see, I, especially with what we see happen with Emily and social media later, it's very thoughtful. It's very strategic. And I think that people like to uh, play off passive aggression as something that's like, something that's just like how people react to things in the moment. And it's very much like calculated and it's not, people don't talk about that enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a weaponization of like victimhood and white women tears. This is also like one of those things where we talk about how white women learn this early. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Cause what Emily is doing is learned, obviously learned from her mom. This is starting in middle grade, like middle school. Like mm-hmm. it's starting early and is rewarded. As you can see with her mom being like, I'll talk to her about her language, but I want Amari out. Mm-hmm. So I recognize that Emily was the instigator. I recognize that Emily bullied and harassed this child. And I'm going to feign discipline, like when she tells her to be quiet, right? I'm going to feign like I'm disciplining her. But in all of my actions and in what I'm doing, I'm teaching her that that is how she gets what she wants. Because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, Emily gets what she wants. Mm-hmm. And also, at the end of the day, Emily did what she was taught by her mother to do. Mm-hmm. So she's not, her mother's not going to punish her for following the passive aggressive guidelines. She mm-hmm. did exactly what her mother has taught her to do. And yeah. has chosen her mother's to be more insidious about it. Yeah. yeah. And her mother shows in her words that she also believes that Amari doesn't deserve to be here. Like the, mm-hmm. like the first thing we hear from her mom is like, I pay she all she this hears money. Her, she her the Emily hears from her parents. Like it's probably not just her mom. She oh, hears yeah. from everyone around her on a regular basis, saying who belongs where and why they do or do not belong there mm-hmm. all the time. And that's why the idea of her being punished by the same people who have the same idea and concept is laughable. Because where is she getting it from? Right. Mm-hmm. And why would they punish her for living out exactly what they've taught? Like they exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's such a like Ooh. really. It's a oh, really this good. Is the first page, it's like, baby. It's like, it's yeah. like the first yeah. page one. The, that was like the chapter itself is only like <laughs> nine pages. Like it really like gets a lot of it at like really quickly and like really does a good job of demonstrating like interpersonal and then also like structural racism and like just and classism like very quickly. Um, very and quickly. and also the role of like trauma mm-hmm. in how Amari is living day to day. Like right. no one, the, the principal at a certain point does acknowledge the trauma that she's going through and feigns like help or wanting to help and wanting and feigns, I guess, like concern offering to get her counseling for free. But doesn't do that with any grace for how she's acting these things out. Mm-hmm. Right. Had the tables been turned and Emily's going through this kind of trauma, would she get the same, would she get grace? I totally. understand that you're not supposed to 
physically abused or whatever. Can we, can but we get into that part though? Because I feel like the yeah. way that it's offered is also addressing the wrong thing in the situation. So it's like that, yeah. and that's why Amari recalls so. Hot yeah, about it. it like yeah. puts the it puts the um onus. responsibility and the onus mm-hmm. on Amari and not on the perpetrator. So it still frames right. her as being. Um, you should be able the, to handle taking this level of abuse. Wrong right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it still victimizes Emily in the situation. Yeah. It is your responsibility to learn how to take this abuse with a smile. Mm-hmm. Instead your of standing up for yourself and hoping this... to stop the abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is your, is your responsibility to learn the same passive aggression that Emily's coming at you at? Is your responsibility to learn how to, the, in, the right way, the incorrect way of um, learning your role within this society where the rich kids are supposed to belong here and you're not. And not even like to learn the same passive aggression, right? Because Amari would not be allowed to behave in the way that Emily's behaving. It is your responsibility to learn how to take this abuse in a way that makes and keeps us comfortable. Mm-hmm. Was it was it Tony Morrison who was saying like they will um, like laugh at your pain and then say that you enjoyed it once you're dead, basically? Zora Neale Hurston. Zora Neale Hurston, Hurston man. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, and it's also, like... But Tony Morrison also, like, laughed at the idea of whiteness as <laughs> civil. Yeah. And it's, like, it's that, and then it's also, like... I don't know. I feel like them bringing up Quentin is also, like, just twisting Quentin. the knife a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because, on the one hand, they're like, no, you should be able to take whatever people are telling you about your brother and also live up to his, like you know his example while also like you're literally mourning like she's literally mourning him and is being expected to like live up to this like ideal of who he was um for the school not even really for her like it's for the school like again we mentioned in the beginning for them to be able to pat themselves on the back and be like look we've you know we've taken in these poor children and have lifted them up and like, look at them now type of situation. Um, And I also want to say like, she's not, she's being um, expected to mourn gracefully. And she's saying you're gaslighting me because he's not dead. And I know it. Mm -hmm. Right. So she's, she's actually also actively, rejecting the idea that she needs to mourn him she's grieving for sure yeah but she is in the process of or processing his disappearance as a disappearance and as a mystery to be solved while everyone else has already decided that he's gone for good Mm -hmm. so there's also that sense of like i am living in a separate reality or no one is it, yeah, it's like a gaslighting. Like, you were telling me that this is the case, and I know that not to be the case. Mm-hmm. Even if I can't prove it. So. She's gone through a lot! Yeah. <laughs> poor poor kid, I honestly. Noted, I know. Yeah, one of the other things I noted was that, like, like so on page two, basically, it's like her mom uh, is caught away from work because of me again. Mm-hmm. And I sit at me, sit in my chair, trying to plead my case, but she shoots me a look that kills the words in my throat, which are like her mama's coming in from work shift, which none of these, none of these families really have to be concerned with. Mm-hmm. No one else is coming from the same kind of thing, and they know that, and they use the fact that these people, that like these are working class people who have 
concerns and don't have the same support systems and support networks to their advantage and like playing the victim card. So they already know that like Amari's coming from a place of like, like not having the same amount of privilege. And then the fact that like Emily's mom is like immediately goes for the jugular of like, I want her scholarship revoked and I don't pay tuition to have to be uh, have my daughter assaulted in the hallways and it's like this victim playing card of like I like I paid my good money and you're not using I'm not using it to go to like bad people it's like but you do like your daughter is a bad person (laughs) okay let's talk about it first of all (laughs) right yeah and so like and you're you're rising a light shove to a level of assault. Mm-hmm. I think she even like which, threatens to press charges as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which if the same thing if if um like emotional cycle emotional freaking um abuse was seen the same way. I wish Amari's mother could say, "Oh, I'm going to press charges against your daughter too," because mm-hmm. like if it were treated similarly. She wouldn't have that ground to stand on. And she knows that Amari's, like, again, when you're under um, underfunding, you don't have enough money to just, like, have a lawyer on retainer to uh, make frivolous lawsuits because your daughter got shoved in the playground for talking smack. Then, like, you, what do you do? And so she knows that her mom doesn't have that access and resources like that mm-hmm. or whatever. She's using that to all to her advantage. And I think that's something I hear people talk about a lot with, like, a lot of the rich a-holes we see on social media where like people will say oh that kid didn't get uh like clowned enough in school oh that kid didn't get like punched whenever he needed to get punched Mm -hmm. in school oh that Mm -hmm. kid whatever because they surround themselves with other rich a-holes who will throw Mm -hmm. a lawsuit down as quickly as possible and if they didn't have that resource then maybe they would have got punched in the effing face. But because right. they know they have that resource, they're just out there being wild and talking all this stuff, such like Emily does. And so it just reminded me a lot of, like, um, bad people are not, like, without support. They're not, like, just out in the world without having been, like, shaped and molded to be as awful as they are. Because, like, this is all a network and community of people just being awful together and producing more awful people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also want to, so I want to read this part, like it's the end of two and three, cause it hits so much stuff. But when I also want to say that, like when Mrs. Grant threatens to press charges or says I could press charges, be thankful. This is as mm-hmm. far as I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. Be grateful for the abuse that my daughter gave you. And this is all, and all I'm asking for is the complete derailment of your future. But I want, so when she called, when she's called an assault, Amari's mother says, Amari knows better than to put her hands on other people. But this has been a long time coming. Those girls have harassed my daughter since she first set foot on the campus. The messages they left on her social media pages were so ugly. We considered deleting her accounts. And then the principal, Principal Merrick says, and we addressed that matter as soon as it was brought to our attention. All four girls received written warnings. And you're like, where? Um, word, written. Um, did the warnings work? 
So they get a detention, but anything right. that they didn't get nothing. Like, did it, punishment did it derail the did it derail the behavior because we're back in this on like, the same clearly, clearly didn't work. <laughs> it clearly didn't work. The warning didn't work. So what happens after the warning doesn't work, right? You're supposed to escalate, right? Mm-hmm. So then Amari says, How about the stuff they say to my face? They call me charity case and free lunch and remind me every chance they get that kids like me don't belong here. And Emily finally speaks up because you don't. In front of the principal, in front of Amari's mama, in front of her own mama, Mm -hmm. confirms that they are harassing her to her face and on social media. Mm -hmm. And that's when Mrs. Grant says, quiet. I'll have a talk with my daughter about her behavior, but your daughter got physical. I could press charges. Yeah. And that is like, to me, just like, how many times has like, this happened to black children, black Mm -hmm. girls, especially, Mm -hmm. um, and how did how uh like disempowering does that feel for Amari to be proven right? No one is disputing what she's going through, but she's still the aggressor and she's mm-hmm. still the one getting punished for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Maybe also, often. How dare and you? And how empowered <gasps> is Emily to continue to do Can, what she's literally? Doing? Because like, there's no way she's going like, to stop at this point. Like She's not. And then the way that she, her mom... When her mama says, I'll talk to her about her behavior, that's all it's going to be is a don't get caught. She, mm-hmm. And she... But she... Like, how she responds to her mother saying that is she rolls her eyes. So she knows that but her she's mom's not only putting to. on a show for the other adults in the room. Oh, well, I'm going to do something about it. But it's not going to actually mean anything. Because she's real, like, whatever. Yeah, sure. You're going to you're gonna say something to me. That's it. She knows mm-hmm. there's no rec- like nothing coming from this. She knows she's not going to be actually held like uh, responsible for it again because her mother agrees with her that Amari does not belong here because again, I don't pay my money for these uh for these kids to be here and assault my daughter in the hallways. Like that's that's the right. whole resounding message here. So I just, and we like, get further along and Amari's mom when they leave the school and her Amari's mom is talking to her and saying like I feel like I failed you and like the whole point of you going to the school is to set you up for your future like Amari understands and has been told repeatedly that this school is integral to her future mm-hmm. right like the all of the things that Quentin got offered all of the opportunities that he got come from doing well at this school right so she also knows that that um threat of expulsion or being expelled is going to completely derail her future emily has no such thought about the consequences yeah no issues about I mean, the she actual have consequences. consequences. There are they no right. Her consequence is going to be else. an annoying conversation with her mom right. that both her mom doesn't believe and she doesn't believe. Mm-hmm. But they're going to do it because it's what they're meant to do or supposed to do mm-hmm. for the, like, like Portia said, it's performative. Very much so. Right? Um, and the passive aggression will continue because that's what she's been taught and she'll get a, I know, a I wink and know. a nod. Mm-hmm. That um, like 
Mrs. Grant, uh, Emily's mother, knows what punishment and accountability looks like because she says, I want to expect to be notified the moment her scholarship is revoked or the parents association will have a lot to say at the next meeting, which is she knows how to hold everyone accountable. She wants to, she wants to hold her daughter accountable for her actions. She knows what the methods are to do that, Mm -hmm. but no person she's going to hold responsible is the principal, the middle person for invoking the charge that she has laid as a paying member of this uh, privileged society. Right. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, she expressed the principal to be the enforcer of what she's laid down as the edict of what Amari should be charged with. And yeah. so it's like, so that's why I want to talk about the role of the middle person here because, and we'll see a bit more of the like the next page over, but that the principal, if the principal was about their stuff, they would be better about representing if they wanted to play both sides they would really play both sides Mm -hmm. they'd really play no we really need to get down to the bones about why is emily misbehaving in class why is emily blah 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 blah. why is she rounding up kids what is going on with emily does she have problems at home are y'all going through like yes they would really be pushing on that that whole thing it wouldn't be let's leave this on amari uh and um I'm afraid of being uh, the parent association coming after me. So I have to take a revoke her scholarship. It would have been on a whole, like, let's, let's sit back for a second here and actually figure out what's going on um, between how these children are interacting in class and in school, but it's not that. And it's all because the principal of the middle lay person here is being used as as the enforcer um, of a system that is set up to just only keep, the kids that they decide should be there there and emily is also an enforcer of that same thing um but on a student level so mm-hmm. i just think yeah uh, i think there's also a little bit too positions more responsible for how they play this whole thing out yeah and i think that there's also a little bit to the principle upholding the it's important that we be seen to care about Amari and mm-hmm. to care about these students. That's why they have the scholarships, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but our perceived goodness or our perceived charity can never come at the expense of the comfort of the students like Emily, mm-hmm. right? So I need to also enforced to Amari to play your role well. Right. Like she's lucky right? to be there, whereas everyone there. else deserves to be there. Bend the knee to keep your position here. Mm-hmm. Because also, unspoken, we can get someone else. You're mm-hmm. interchangeable. Emily is essential. You're replaceable, basically. Mm-hmm. Whew. I hate it crazy um okay let's keep going um so we get so then we get like the the this kind of interaction with amari and her mom and like we did mention just kind of like you know her mom is coming home or you know got called from work she it's just the two of them um they there's like this there's kind of a breakdown of like quentin and like how kind of just giving more information about like who he was before he disappeared and he was really smart, got the scholarship to um, Jefferson, 
got like into a bunch of schools, including two Ivy Leagues. He ended up turning that down, going to work for some like mysterious person, organization, whatever. Um, But in doing that, like he was supporting his family, right? Like he was sending money back for bills. He was like, even if they didn't see him, like he was still like an important, I guess, pillar for their family. And so him like leaving is not only like an emotional hit, but it's also a financial hit. And it's also like, you know, everybody, you know, now there's like the cops are insinuating that like, oh, maybe he was into drugs. And, you know, so then it's also like you're trying to combat a lot of different (laughs) like, um, I guess just just trying to combat a lot of different things at the same time around this one person who you love a lot and who Amari believes is not dead. So um, you kind of see Amari struggle, but through her eyes and like, you know, Amari's what, 12 or so, 12, 13. And so like, obviously at that age, like you see your mom going through it. And I think that she does feel like some guilt, but she's also because you're of that age. And that is a, what an age. Um, She's also kind of like, all right, mom, like you've, told me this before and like whatever but like you can still kind of see even through that lens how much her mom is trying to like hold it all together and keep all of this going on and feeling like she failed Amari because she can't be around as much because she has to work because Quentin has disappeared you know what I mean like there's just all these little things and you can kind of see the cracks and like from this like one source I guess if that makes sense yeah, and, and you notice that, too. like, um, sorry, like, her mother is trying to take care of Amari emotionally, um, physically, financially, but is also worried because she doesn't want to give up hope. Like, Quentin is her son, right? I don't want to mm-hmm. give up hope on my son, but I also need you to be like to pull back a little like it's mm-hmm. unhealthy for you to be so steeped in trying to find your brother mm-hmm. um and to acknowledge that is also to acknowledge that she's kind of giving up hope and quitting yeah right and that is like really terrible and you and you like what you're talking about like Quentin sends money back and all this stuff but like we we figure out that like Amari's found out his um email password which is Amari amazing right so Quentin <laughs> like loves, like yeah you know what I mean like that is like my brother loves me I love my brother my brother loves this family he would not leave us mm-hmm. like he would not just disappear without something going wrong and I also know in my heart of hearts that he is not involved in illegal activity that's just not true so -hmm. like there's just a lot of layers of like how do you protect yourself how do you protect your child how do you give them hope without letting them spiral into an obsession when you've also kind of started to lose hope like when Mm -hmm. is that what mama Peters is going through it yeah and it's also interesting to me, like, how, like, we're going to get this later on, more later on in the book, but that, like, Amari and Quentin are, like, 
the only kids that they know in their neighborhood that are going to this school on the other side of the tracks, mm-hmm. like literally on the other side of the tracks uh, from where they live. And um, with Quentin being the one who got all those really great opportunities that came through him having like gotten so uh, so awarded um, in school, at that school, like there's a level of like people, like not just his family is like just like like grayer without him but like the neighborhood feels grayer without mm-hmm. him like everything feels different and there's other kids who also looked up to him in the neighborhood and so yeah like, like we get Jaden like a, um like a mention yeah. um and we see him like Amari kind of sees him hanging out with kids or with like people that he originally promised Quentin that he would stay away from so it's even yeah. that like with Quentin gone like the community also suffers yeah and so it's like a, it's really interesting that like yeah, like, her mom feels like she's, like, not living up to what Amari needs in so many ways. But I think another way is that, like, look at this from the opposite uh, direction. Quentin was also filling in for uh, things that people need, uh, especially his family, but uh, especially Amari. And, like, having someone look out for her and, like, pave the way for, like, how could she be successful? That his mom is just, like, I don't know any other way how like any other time way that you're going to be able to be able to get the same kind of opportunities that Quentin got mm-hmm. I don't know that I don't have to I can't don't have the time or resources or ability outside of just getting you to that school every day to get you in the same road that Quentin was on and neither does anyone else that where they're from like no one else has that level of like understanding of like how to get where Quentin was so it's it's like his him missing isn't just like another like no person missing is just another person missing in the world another bulletin board or whatever like you can feel the intensity of like him not being around um in this first chapter in a way that you like it kind of you kind of get a little bit more about it as you go through the book but this first chapter really gets to highlight like he's like you're saying a pillar um not just of his family but of the community in a way that it's a it's a, a missing that really needs to be resolved and yet it was treated as a joke with these people at the school mm-hmm. who were willing to give him awards for what he was able to accomplish but don't really care about what's where he is at this moment mm-hmm. yeah he's he's gone he's no longer gonna bring accolades to the school we no longer care about mm-hmm. yeah um, I will also point out that Amari does get a punishment, which is very Black Mama. And also, like, yeah. You, like, it's one of those where it's like, nah, you can't be pushing people. But right. it's also a thing that, like, Emily should have also gotten. Um, So she gets her laptop taken away. Well, her mom tells her to slide it under her, to, like, put it in her room. um, And then that they'll talk more the next day because her mom has to go back to work because that's where she was before all this popped off um so then we get like amari at her house um she is like struggling with the laptop because it's a little like you know don't doesn't always want to work but she's like my mom's at work i could use it for a couple more <laughs> minutes before i have to give it away um and so she um yeah so we see her kind of like using it we do see that like emily posts um something on her instagram once again social media harassment (laughs) literally says we finally took the trash took out the trash at jefferson 
Um, with a picture of Amari. With a picture of Amari on her Instagram. Um, but she like looks at that. She what she's been doing is like posting like her brother's pictures on like different websites and stuff. Kind of like, have you seen him? Um, trying to like find ways to because you know she's twelve. Like she doesn't have that many resources to like go on an investigation to find her brother at this point. Um, so she's just trying to like do what she can to see if anyone has seen him. Um, and then he goes to check. She goes to check his email, um, which is when we find out that his password is Amari Amazing, um, which is adorable. <laughs> um, and then, um, and then she gets an email, um, or he gets an email, and it says from Discreet Deliveries, um, which is suspicious. And she's confused because he hasn't gotten an email since he went missing. She's just been checking it, just you know, as a habit. Um. And so then the email says, package delivered. You shall receive a separate email once Amari Peters has signed as requested. Thanks for using discreet delivery service where they get what's coming to them, whether they know it or not. This email will self-destruct in three, two, one. And then the email disappears. And then there's a knock on the door. And she has a delivery. And that's how the chapter ends. Love it. It's like, I just love the like, like obviously we know this is a magical story because that's why we're here and um but i love the like technology part you know what i mean like that marrying it's not like she like even if you just got a random because i feel like also if a random person knocks on your door like are you gonna answer it no but she saw the email not unless i know the delivery is coming not unless i know the delivery is coming no Absolutely I'm not, I'm not. going to open it. I'm going to wait till you leave my box. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna <laughs> literally. Literally. So. Like, I, the knock is to alert me that the box is there. Uh-huh. Otherwise, and you're like, oh, bet. Okay, I have something. I'm going I'm to give it two minutes. Wait, I'll get up as soon as I know that you're gone. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I also love that, like, the technology slash magic is so omniscient enough that they don't send the email to her email. They just send it to Quentin's. Mm-hmm. And uh like she opens it or whatever because of like how she's been like aware of Quentin so I think it's really cool that they like made it both like omniscient like okay like we know which which email she's probably gonna be most likely to open but also it's like clandestine and so she really can't show the email to anyone right she can't even respond to it yeah she can't even be like huh I didn't order this you know what I mean (laughs) she can't get she can't call customer service she literally can't, can't return, return to sender. Like she don't know. Order. Where did it come from? Yeah, like, she has. Like, there is it. no receipts. Not a single receipt. <laughs> um, and I love that. I really love how this chapter, um, like the way that it's structured. I guess. Um, because yeah. obviously you're like it's it's you get the like this is every day or whatever, but like you get the urgency of the situation that she's in. Um, and it's very like real life and it's very like um, stressful. Stakes are already there. Like, you know what I mean? This could easily turn into a different book of Amari trying to figure out how she's going to like, you know, either get her scholarship back or like turn her <laughs> life around or whatever. Um, then she gets this mysterious email that clearly has something else going on um, and literally self-destructs. So like, it just turns it like, changes i don't think it really changes the tone it just like the sh- the situation just like shifts um in a really cool way 
and yeah, we'll have to wait till next week to find out what that delivery is. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. All it's right. a really good first chapter too. It just makes you want to like, like, like Portia was saying earlier, like the pacing of this book, it makes you just like turn the page. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Yeah. at the door. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's wizard team. We're back. <laughs> Who is your MVP of this chapter? <laughs> I'll go first. Um, I got to give it to Amari's mama. I think she does a very good job. Like you said, it's very, it's very black in the standing up for Amari. Um, like in the moment, letting everyone know, like one, this is not of Amari's character. Like she's not a bully. She's not going around pushing people, but two, she will only be pushed so far mm-hmm. and you can only expect her to be pushed so far. So I'm standing up for her. Um, I'm calling, like, truth to power, I guess. Like, I'm calling a thing a thing to your face with my daughter here. But I'm also teaching her and not sugarcoating the world from her. Like, this is something that you are going to have to deal with. It's not fair. You're not wrong. You just need to learn how to... In order to survive long term, mm-hmm. you need to learn how to better deal with this unfair treatment because, unfortunately, the unfair treatment's not going to end, right? Um, and then also, like, apologizing. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. also like, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm not doing what I can, but, like, circumstances being what they are, right? So I just think that, like, as a whole, I think it was, like, really good. Um, Parenting, mothering, raising a child in the, mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. Well, you said all of it because I also made her my MVP <laughs> um, for all of those reasons. Yeah. I made Amari my MVP because um, she really is being shown by everyone around her, um, adults included, that she's supposed to take things on the chin and like, be a bit uh be more like assimilating into things and while mm-hmm. her mother says she's not comparing her to Quentin I guess what she took from Quentin's example is that he was better able to assimilate to the like institution and she's just one not in a place to do it emotionally because she's concerned about him and two, so the basic that she is trying to need to get by, because it sounds like she was like she wasn't trying to be, get involved in their stuff um, until they they kept pushing her to the edge. She pushed back, mm-hmm. um, and so I love that. Not only does she uh, make like make it clear that she's not going to accept this, like she's not going to keep getting pushed, she's going to push back, but also the fact that um, she's not only pushing back at Emily, she pushes back when principal says she needs to go to a therapist. She pushes back at her mom and she says, like, um, like you gotta get better. She's like, but like, are you trying to compare me to Quentin? Like, what are we doing? Um, and I also like that she takes all this conviction and pushes it into, well, I'm gonna find my brother. I don't mm-hmm. care what it is. I don't care what y'all say to me. If I have to, like, okay, I'm gonna have to deal with assimilating or whatever you're trying to tell me to do later. But one thing I am gonna do is find my brother, which makes me feel like 
there I feel like her brother probably <laughs> whenever she was having something going on with her mom, she was like, I'm gonna go tell Quentin. I'm gonna go get my big brother. <laughs> and I think that's adorable. Um and I love that like she's not letting these things um tamp her down any more than like her having to adjust her framing and her thoughts around around them. So I love that for her. Mm-hmm. I love Amari is like she's a she's like a great voice first of all um and then also just like a great main character but like her yeah. voice is very distinct and like clear and so it's really even like like I said even though she's it's you know it's coming from the lens of like a preteen and you know god help preteens they're they're going through a lot <laughs> um so it's like even going through that lens like you you understand where she's coming from even if, if she's not 100 percent right it's like it's fine because you you like you still feel for her and you still feel connected to her whether you like agree or not or you know see a different lens um and i think that like bb austin does a really good job of like presenting things for how they are but like making sure that we understand what amari's like perspective is specifically on like what's happening um so yeah and giving her like a logic behind it mm-hmm. too like she's 12 right she's gonna be overly emo- like you said they're going through a lot she's gonna be overly emotional she's gonna be doing that but like portia also said like you can you can understand and see the logic and she's not going from like zero to a hundred in one leap mm-hmm. like you can very much plot out her thinking um and she's thoughtful about it even if you disagree with how she what she does Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Benched. I said Mrs. Grant because she like Emily is tripping, but again, as we talked about, she's clearly got it from her mama. Um, so that's why she's benched for me. Um, on top of the fact that she like doesn't hold her daughter accountable, is pushing for more like kind of extreme um punishment and retribution for um, what for Amari's actions um clearly does not think that she belongs there either it's not like I'm sure Emily did not hear oh she doesn't belong here she didn't come that come up with that by herself I'm sure she I'm like 95% sure she heard her parents talking about that shit at home um and about Amari making the property value go down Right. You know what I mean? Like this come on. Like she didn't just learn that herself. Um so yeah, Mrs. Grant for just having like peak white Karen. woman Karen. Karen energy and passing that on to future generations. Also noting that like she and the principal both make the uh repealing the scholarship sound like a lesser penalty to expulsion. Right. It's like you're not being nice. This is not You know like, what this you, is. This is not, you've been like, oh, this is me, just the lightest sentence, whatever. No. Like the lightest sentence would be the same thing you give Emily. We're gonna give her a talking to. Mm-hmm. You're you're actually taking away like funding, which is very much saying like, oh, we're about to get her out of here because you know her parents couldn't afford to send her to the school. So like, are you really like you're you're saying that you did the light punishment, but you're not. Like, don't try to act like you're better than you are. You're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I'll I'll go. So I I benched a few people. I benched <laughs> Emily's mama, Emily, and the principal. Um, I benched less people than Portia bench, but <laughs> benched a few people. Um, and I think 
everything that you said about Emily's mom. Um, I also do want to like acknowledge that there are and there are plenty of instances of kids mm-hmm. like Emily seeing their parents and going, "Ugh, nah, I'm gonna go mm-hmm. the other way." Right? So like, yeah. we you can very clearly see where Emily learned it from, but Emily also took those lessons and ran with them and didn't do any kind of like, you know, critical thinking, exploring, pushing back. She just was like, this is how it is, right? And so I believe wholeheartedly in this um, because my parents do. And then the principal, because like we said, there are plenty of ways in which he could have curbed this behavior, saved um, Amari from like future, like he knows that this is a thing that is happening to her and does the bare minimum and does not help shield her from it escalation from escalation right and so there are plenty of points um in which i think there could have been de-escalation because they they've seen it before they've gotten warnings there's been four girls at least um he has not shielded her or helped her in any way and just kind of left her to her own devices um and so also bitch <laughs> So as Robin alluded to, I uh, benched structural racism slash white supremacy because if these structures were not in place, then they would not be things that people could fall back upon to like to enforce like the cruel treatment of Amari, of other kids of color in that school. Who knows what other, even just kids who are on scholarship are going through. Like, and I think that Bibi also was very like thoughtful um, in invoking what it's like to be a kid of any marginalization in a predominantly white environment um because i like i did not go to a pwi but what i've heard from kids who went to pwi mm-hmm. i went to pwis for like public schools like through like uh high school but not like for college but what i've heard from people who've gone to college is that uh pwi colleges is that there's a lot of like scholarship kid uh oh you're here because of affirmative action Mm -hmm. a lot of all of that crap and i just like i i'm glad that he pulled these up as like examples that like people can kind of like especially if you're like a younger kid picking this up um can be enlightened about like how you're not alone in this like this is just like this is something that like happens across the board but dang it for being what's happening across the board. Mm-hmm. F everyone for who's enforcing it from the Emily's to the principal to their mother. Like F all of y'all for that. Um, because it doesn't have to exist. We live on a floating rock in the middle of space. The least <laughs> we can do is be good to each other. But yet y'all want to enforce dumb stuff because it makes you feel superior. F all of y'all for that. So that's how I feel about it. Word. Um. Word. Y'all should um tell us who you think is MVP and benched this uh or this year. Now <laughs> um we have like a form. So it'll be in our description, in our show notes. There'll be a link. Um we'll also tweet it out um on our social accounts or post it on our social accounts. Um it'll be on our website. And on our website, like you can you'll be able to easily find it. Put in your MVP and benched if you want um, to give a reason. That is also awesome. There's a space for that. If you don't, if you just like, nah, it's Amari and Emily, then 
cool. That's fine too. Um, but yeah, well, for, for new listeners, what we do is everybody votes, we add it all up. And then at the end, we'll, um, figure out based on the votes, who is the MVP of the entire book and who's benched for the entire book. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. I know. There's some throwaway votes like systemic racism or structural racism probably will not be benched for the entire book, but they are benched for life. Yeah. You know, we just know that <laughs> instinctually. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited for this. Can't wait to hear what you guys vote. Next week, we will be discussing chapter two or find out what's in that uh, delivery, what's happening there. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. Wizard Team is brought to you by Black Nerds Create. Um, if you want to keep up with our other content, you can check out our website at blacknerdscreate.com. Follow us on Twitter at blknerdscreate, at Yana wrote it, at Robin underscore rambles, and at Porshia. Um, and then follow us on Instagram at blacknerdscreate. Subscribe to our newsletter, and don't forget to rate and review. We're like brand new you know we're like a phoenix rising from the ashes <laughs> like we're back so new reviews are helpful um i you know thank you to everyone who has reviewed us for our first half of wizard team our first part of wizard team um and now we want more we're, we're trying to like you know be... diversify our wizarding portfolio exactly. yes that's that's the thing <laughs> that's um, exactly it yeah um you can check out again. The links will be in our description um, and we will see you next Wednesday. Mm-hmm.